Hi, I'm Molly. And I'm Jamie, and this is our From the Pasture with Hired Hand podcast. As the owners of Hired Hand website software, we've been developing websites and creating internet marketing strategies for livestock breeders for the past 10 years. The majority of our customers are involved in the breeding of registered animals, such as Texas Longhorns, Highland Cattle, Horses, and White-tailed Deer, where the pedigrees are very important. The From the Pasture with Hired Hand podcast examines many of the differences in raising pedigreed livestock for maximum profit. Join us and learn what we're covering today. Today I'm here with Doug Winters from Trail of Faith Ranch and his wife Susie's in the background. She uh, She's here as well, so she might help answer some questions. But thanks for joining us today, Doug. Absolutely. Yeah, Susie's busy canning some uh, plums right now. So mm-hmm. that sounds uh, good. <laughs> yeah, can't wait. Good. Well, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Well, we, uh, Susie and I, we are a blended family. We got married in 11, January of 11, and we got our first Longhorns in March of uh, 2011, and uh, we love them more today than we did when we first started, um, and uh, it's, been a, it's been a fun journey. What made the two of you decide to get started? That's kind of a lot in one year is getting married and getting Longhorns back in <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it was. Um, so I already had the land and we both come from farming and ranching families and background. And uh, it had been a while since either one of us had been involved in it, just from uh, family and all. But we decided we'd get back into the cattle. And uh, so we started doing research and trying to figure out what kind of cattle we wanted to go with. And she comes from a more of a Hereford type background out in West Texas. And and I raised limousine and showed them. Um, and But we just got to searching and researching. And, and, and I'd always hated longhorns. I just thought they were just stringy and, you know, just more of a novelty. And, and, and the more we did our research, it's like, wow, these are pretty cool cattle. And so um, we dug into it more and we decided, okay, well, this at the time in 2011, they were having like a quarterly sale over in West Texas. And uh, we went over there and actually uh, the very first show we went to, I think we bought two or three cows and, and uh, yeah, it became a habit from that point. (laughs) So is there anyone like when you were doing your research or when you went to the sales at West, is there anyone that kind of helped you get started that, that thought solidified the decision for you that you liked them? I don't, you know, our, our parents were our biggest influence on that uh, family and all, but I would have to say probably, uh, again, like a, initially I thought that the Longhorns were more of a novelty, but when I would see websites, uh, particularly like Dickinson Cattle Company, I mean, where uh, you just had some tremendously beefy Longhorns. And, and, and we also knew that we wanted to go the grass-fed route as we're doing this research for the health benefits of it. Uh, and, and that was primarily for our family. It's, it's since turned into where we actually have an on-farm store now and, and, and sell the, the, the grass-fed beef. But that was really what drew us into the Longhorns, uh, just the, the history of them, the, the, the beef, the lean beef uh, that they produce. And then when we applied that with our grass-fed uh, program uh, to really realize the health benefits of it, it was kind of like a no-brainer. So is it just you and Susie, or are there other family members that enjoy getting involved? 
we we all of our kids we do have a blended family we've got uh five kids five in-laws um seven grandkids and like our oldest granddaughter says she's going to take over the place um and she helps us quite a bit uh and and then when we work the cattle and all, we'll have one or two or three of our of our kiddos involved helping us do that. But in the day to day chores, uh, it is primarily Susie uh, taking care of the ranch, and we move them every day, if not twice a day. And so, uh, yeah, it keeps her busy. So, uh, what do you move them for? Is it rotational grazing, or what? Uh, what sort of thing? Where, where are you moving them to and from? So it is rotational grazing. We do a, what, what they call more like a high density grazing uh, where we get them on and off of it uh, very quickly. Uh, we're a regenerative farm. Um, Susie grew up in West Texas where the farmers and ranchers didn't talk to each other. You were either a farmer or a rancher. And I, and I kid her all the time that we're, we're actually grass farmers more than we are cattle ranchers. Um, but we're trying to restore the water cycle, improve the soil, and we're doing that through the cattle. And uh, yeah, so uh, we'll move them at least uh, at least once a day. Okay, I'm sure Susie can maybe tell us some stories on another episode of some things that have gone wrong uh, on some of those days. I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> and we could probably be pretty rich just on America's Funniest Videos if she had a GoPro on her all the time. I bet. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> well let's switch gears a little bit um wh why don't you tell me a little bit more about your ranch name and how you came up with it yeah so um we you know how cattle will in, in most of your pastures will leave a single trail where it's like every cow will follow that single trail and with our faith in god um we we came up with the name of trail of faith ranch and um it just kind of tied perfectly in with the cross and we put a trail on the bottom of the cross to give us that trail, uh, trail of faith or trail to the cross kind of deal. So uh, the, the brand is really, really cool. We really like that part of it. We'll have to have folks who um, are listening, go, go to your website. I believe it's on there in a few different places, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah, and it's actually uh it's part of our, in the Trail of Faith Ranch name on the T, we actually have the brand as part of that T. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Yeah. And it's, so in the, it, it's also in the middle of the forehead on our logo. Yeah. So now that you have the Longhorns and you've had them for a while, um, since 2011, uh, what's, your, what's your favorite part? Yeah, so... Man, it, it, it's really hard to pick out a favorite part of it, but I'd have to say probably our number one is the calving season. Um, you know, getting the nice surprise of wondering what color and, and, and all we're going to get. Um, that part's uh, extremely cool. And, and probably number two, I do believe um, the Longhorns have so much more personality than any other breeds we've ever been exposed to. Uh, and it's so cool to watch the personalities develop and also the way that we graze. We have a lot of visitors here on the ranch and we can literally take them out in the midst of the herd and the cattle don't run off. They, if they're eating, they basically want to lift their head 
so they're very docile uh, and, and just very easy to handle. So they're just, um, yeah, yeah, we're, we're just, we're with them so much that uh, they just, they don't give visitors even a, a second notion. So visitors really enjoy that part of it as well. So we get a lot of blessing out of that. So let's talk a little bit about that. What types of marketing are you doing to attract people that actually will come to the ranch in person and, and look and, and hopefully, you know, want to start their own herd or, or make some purchases? Yeah. And it's kind of multifaceted. We, uh, Susie's really good at, uh, social media on Instagram, uh, and Facebook. Uh, I'm, I'm not so good at it, but I'll post every now and then. Uh, but the other, we also have an Airbnb here that we just recently opened about uh, three or four months ago. And it's interesting. Um, the, especially the city folk that come out love not only the peacefulness of the country, but everyone wants a tour of the, the Longhorns. And there are so many people that have not, seen longhorns uh face to face you know they'll see pictures of them and, and things like that but when they actually get to go out into the herd um they're just totally blessed by that and um and, and then we try to promote promote the grass-fed beef where we have the on-farm store that uh that i referenced earlier uh and, and we even do pastured broilers uh we also belong to a a, a grazing group that's like-minded like us so on the regenerative side. And uh, so we actually uh, will have pastured pork, we'll have uh, grass-fed lamb, uh, stuff like that to offer as well. So uh, uh, that brings in a lot of people too that want to come in and, and see the Longhorns, but also buy the beef and, and get the health benefits out of that. So did you always know that you wanted to have a store and, and have some other animals for meat and, and do the Airbnb or were these all kind of things that just progressed as, as your ranch and your program grew? Yeah, it's basically, it's just more of a progression. Um, you know, we tell everybody, uh, we're not a Walmart. Uh, you know, we don't have a, a, an unlimited supply, so to speak, you know, they don't either. Um, but we, we get a lot of people that want to know if we can ship them beef, uh, and, and we can, but it's so expensive if you're not doing it on a large scale. So we encourage them to try to find somebody like-minded like us to find that healthy beef close to them and support their local rancher. Um, and and uh, a lot of times, uh, Susie will even Google the vicinity where they live to try to find them. Uh, a, a ranch that is doing that, that they could actually go by and support. That's awesome. Yeah. So what are some of the, I mean, I feel like as, as a longhorn breeder who's around them every day, you kind of have in your head, you know, what you're used to with the cattle. What are some of kind of the craziest comments you've heard from some of these Airbnb guests when they, when they get up close and personal with the animals? Well, that, that part's really funny. So we'll take them out in a, uh, yeah, and a side by side, and it's a crew, so we can fit six in there pretty easily. Uh, and fortunately, uh, you know, the Longhorns are are nosy. Uh, particularly, we have a handful of cows that just will get up in you for business, just walk right up to you and get in your face. Um, just curiosity, but well, a, a lot of the, a lot of the guests will scoot towards the center. Uh, the horns stop them from actually being able to come in, um, and, and then others 
are just completely uninhibited. We'll just walk out amongst them and not be scared. So it's really cool to see that dynamic of the reactions of the different people and, and uh, how some will just, we have to really watch some because they'll get too close. You know, if they swap for a flyer or something like that, then they get hurt. So, uh, yeah, it, it's like from one extreme to the other. So let's let's look at like the next year. Do you have any any goals in sight? Any new additions to the ranch or new marketing tactics that you're going to try? Yes and no. You know, it, it's like there's so much more that we would like to do, but also like a couple of things. Our plate is full. I do still work full time. So again, Susie, she goes by the ranching wife, and she calls me the rancher's husband. Uh, <laughs> she does so much of the work. Um, there's a lot of other things we would like to incorporate um, that would be symbiotic with the cattle, uh, whether it would be, you know, adding sheep or, and or goats uh, for that healthy meat or, you know, even pastured uh, pork. Um, but we're also getting out of that age to where, uh, you know, it may be uh, something that's going to be more viable for whoever follows in our footsteps to, to take it to the next level. Uh, but we have reached that point in our herd size that we, uh, we've sold a few, some breed stock, but not a whole lot, just as we're building the herd up. Uh, but we have reached that point to where we're, we're working on, uh, doing a better job of marketing for the breed stock, uh, and, uh, that, that cow or the bull that will perform out there on grass and not have to be supplemented and, and perform well. Are you doing most of that locally? Do you find that that's a better investment or are you are you putting it out there nationally? I Honestly, I think locally uh, is the predominant push. Uh, and, and the main reason on that is <clears throat> your animals literally are adapted to their environment. And so, uh, our cattle, you know, from in utero to, you know, to, to birth, they're, they've been fed, uh, you know, and exposed to our local environment. And I think the more you can keep the cattle to where they're bred and born, I think the better that they perform. Now, that's not to say that they can't adapt. Uh, I mean, we have bought, uh, some bulls from up north, um, and it will literally take them about a year actually to adapt to the Texas heat and all. Uh, but they do adapt. Uh, but we, but we really much prefer uh, selling locally and, and basically helping those closer to us, uh, but not against going further away. And I guess that's something we should mention is where are you all located in Texas? Yeah. So we are basically about 40, 45 miles south of downtown Dallas, just off of I-45, uh, kind of in between uh, Ennis and Corsicana. So you had mentioned uh, when or earlier when I um, asked you that question, you had mentioned, you know, that you you and Susie are starting to want to slow down a little bit, kind of have that have less responsibility yep. um, within your family that helps out. Is there are there any front runners? Are there any? Is there anyone that's super passionate about the ranch that you could see kind of stepping into your shoes? Yeah. Yeah. Primarily, um, our, our oldest granddaughter, 
but you know, teenagers, you know, they can they can flip a switch and change their mind, you know, in, in the same day. Uh, all of our kids are uh, self-employed or not self-employed, but have other jobs and are self-employed. And um, so it's it's trying to make that transition with any of our kids. I think it's going to be very difficult. Uh, but I, I, I'm hoping that it will at least transfer to one or some of our grandkids. So, but yeah, they, they all have an interest in it, but it's whether they can commit to it. That's the hard part. That makes sense. <clears throat> so if you could go back in time and change one thing about when you got started with your Longhorns or kind of the, the path that you went with them, maybe, uh, what would it be? Yeah, it's, um, that's a, that's a tough question too. Um, I don't know that there's anything that we would change. Um, it's been a uh, growing learning experience uh, throughout the entire process. Um, and one thing that we have really, really enjoyed is, so we started with seven cows. And basically, our inter, entire herd is built off of five. And uh, we just kept trying to perpetuate that, that body phenotype of that grass-fed cow that performs well without having to have extra supplements and all. And it's very, very rewarding to, to see that progression, see, see the results of, of your efforts. Uh, in making that cow and, 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 and that cow that's designed for your environment. So what advice would you give to a breeder who is just getting started, but wants to have a similar program, you know, to what you're running, what would, what would be the best advice you could give them? Yeah, I would, I would say number one is you've got to have a plan. Um, you know, have that goal of where you want to be. And, and, and particularly, you, you've got to have that infrastructure, your, your pins, catch pins, working pins and all, prior to getting them. Um, you know, the Longhorns, you, you can't handle them through a regular type of cattle shoot uh, just because of the horns and all. So you, I would say definitely be prepared and, 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 and be, do your due diligence up front on what you want, where you want to go. So to me, uh, you know, the, the, the local cell barn is not an option for your longhorns just simply because they get docked uh, probably primarily because of the horn. Uh, so you've got to have that outlet for them. Uh, and, and you want to know what those, that outlet or those outlets will be. Uh, and we've got one young guy that uh, uh, we visit with quite a bit. Uh, that I mean, he did a tremendous amount of due diligence uh, uh, going into it, um, and not only on the cattle type that he was going to go with, but also how he was going to do it. Again, part of that regeneration, the regenerative farming, and all. And uh, and so, the more homework you can do prior, um, the, the the better footing you're going to have uh, to get going. That's great advice. Let's talk a little bit about your specific longhorns. So who is your favorite in your pasture? 
Yeah, that's funny. So my answer to that is that's kind of like asking me which kid is our favorite. <laughs> you know, there is not. We, we, you know, every one of them has a different personality, and uh, we we absolutely love a, a multitude of them. And, and there are, you know, you know, you're not supposed to get uh, emotionally attached to your animals, really. Uh, but there are a handful that uh, that we are emotionally attached to that that we will not sell. Uh, in fact, I don't know if you can see it. The one behind me—that's one of our original cows. Um, and, and when we bought her, you know, we we, we committed that we'd never sell her, um, and we didn't. She died of old age here, and uh, you know, so we get to enjoy her um, at least for the rest of our lives. But we have a handful of cows uh, that are uh, that we won't sell, uh, and they'll die over on the place. So who's in charge of naming the new ones, you or Susie? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a toughie. Um, it's, you know, and of course, the more you get, uh, the harder it is to name them. We do as much as we can try to incorporate, uh, hopefully, both the, uh, the the bull and the cow's name together to get to get that calf's name. Um, mm -hmm. But there are times where Susie will even put a post out like on Instagram have a contest to help us name this calf and we'll give them the information and then um, whoever wins um, you know they'll get like a, a copy a, a picture of the, the cow maybe the registration papers that they can put up on their wall and and, and uh, yeah her followers really get a big kick out of that a lot of fun so what's one of the winners can you share one of the names that social media came um, I think we had one um, what was a pearl Queen of Hearts, uh, we've named one Queen of Hearts, one one was Pearl because Susie had taken a picture coming home from work, this is when she was still working, and she had a Pearl bracelet on, and a, uh, a cow had just calved, and we do try to tag and weigh them uh, when they're born, and mm -hmm. so she's sitting there in her, she's a retired school teacher and counselor, so she's in her nice clothes with this Pearl neck, uh, uh, bracelet and she takes a selfie with the calf and the pearl bracelet is in the picture so um, uh, she put that out there and, and so the pearl came became that name um, Mia Soul um, and that was out of a cow named Sunshine uh, that one of her followers came up with so yeah it's a lot of fun um, a lot of fun naming them the hard part though is a lot of times we try to name them as soon as they're born so we can put the name on the tag. And so we have a, and another thing too, with us having, okay, here's another funny story. With us having raising grass-fed beef, uh, we have one cow that is, our oldest granddaughter's name is Addie, and the cow's name is Addie's baby. Well, every time she has a calf, we ask Addie what she wants to name her calf. Well, all of her milk calves now, she's gotten to the point, says, hi, oh, you're going to butcher anyway, just name this one Sausage. Oh, no. so we actually have one out there right now named Sausage. Yeah. That's, that's pretty good. That sounds like something I would have said to my dad growing up, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Love what you're hearing? Be sure to check out our pickup truck confessions. It's a video series where we hop in the truck or a rental car and interview a variety of breeders about what drives their passion for their livestock, how they got started in the breed of their choice, marketing tips, and more. And now, back to the podcast. 
So earlier in our interview, you mentioned that you really appreciated the beefiness of Daryl Dickinson's animals. Um, go ahead and tell us who is your all-time favorite longhorn cow you, what, that you bred or anyone else bred. Yep. So my, my, probably my two favorite, I actually have two. Uh, one is Field of Pearls. Uh, and we had a, I believe it was a grandson of hers in Game Point. And then also Iron On is just an absolutely beautiful cow. Um, that is, um, it actually is our uh, herd bull cut quo. It's his mama. Uh, so, yeah, and, and, and both the cows were, were from Dickinson, and, and both the bulls came from Dickinson. So what do you appreciate about those two females? Like, what draws you towards them, puts them at the top of your list? Yeah, the probably the production. Like, Bill um, of Pearls just had some amazing offspring. Uh, and particularly, uh, there's several well-known bulls that came out of her, which is uh, pretty impressive. Uh, and then Iron On, to me, she is like uh, about as close to a perfect cow as you can get. Uh, you know, you always see everybody talking about this one's got horn color and confirmation. This one's got horn color and confirmation where they really may not have, you know, the full gamut of all of that. But but she is truly one of those that, that has that. Uh, I mean, she's speckled from head to toe, which is pretty cool. We, you know, we love the color variants. Um, we don't particularly go after any specific color, um, but the, the wider you get, just the more eye appeal they have. So, um, and she's just really good at that. And Cut Quo, uh, that bull uh, is just has been a, uh, he's really putting him on top of the game point has really progressed us forward on the beef. So are those your two favorite bulls or do you have two different all-time favorite bulls? No, my two all-time favorite bulls probably are drag iron and cut and dried, uh, which we, uh, uh, we have used drag iron uh, initially in AI program. Um, and then cut and dried uh, is just a monster. Um, and he is actually the sire to uh, our cut cool bull. And, uh, yeah, we can really see a difference uh, in those offspring. That's great. So do you have a, do you have an overall breeder that you kind of aspire to? You know, you wish you could maybe take over their herd or you hope someday you have a herd like theirs? <laughs> well, and, and honestly, the, to me, it would probably be Daryl Dickinson. I think he's... You know, he's been doing it for so daggum long. And and one of the things that I really like, um, and and he's probably, to, to our knowledge, the, the largest longhorn breeder that is like a one-owner type of cattle, um, where everything that, almost everything that you see of his is, has been born and bred by them. Um, and that's basically our herd, we, we basically run a closed herd. The only animals that we have bought after our initial uh, seven cows is a bull. And we have bought uh, uh, three bulls now uh, to progress uh, the herd in the way that we want to go. And so uh, we're, again, we're just trying to breed that cow for our environment. And, uh, you know, we never have to worry about incoming cattle and quarantine them and stuff like that and, and mm -hmm. the health concerns. 
Well, that's, that's great. Is there anything else that you'd like to share about your breeding program or your beef operation before we kind of switch gears and talk a little bit more about your website? Um, no, I think we've pretty much covered everything. It's, uh, it, it is just a fantastic journey with the Longhorns. Um, and we, like, like I mentioned earlier, you know, where I was not all that fond of them, you know, in my younger days. Um, and now that we're so we're 12 years into it and we love them more today than we did, uh, when we first started. And then another thing that we have really talked about is mineralization, uh, which we believe is huge. Um, uh, and, and we do have a, what we call an ultra clean, uh, mineral program, uh, and, and I would love for people to reach out to me and quiz on that. That's something we could talk about for for a long time. Uh, but but we live in a toxic world, and that's part of why we're trying to do this regenerative farming. Uh, not only just restoring the water cycle, but we're trying to clean up uh, the meat that we consume and make it as healthy and nutritious as we can and non toxic. And so uh, that to me, that's just that is as important um, as the grazing part of it is for us. So that, I mean, the mineralization might be new to some, you know, to some breeders or they might not know what you, what you mean when you say that, why don't you give us kind of the, the 30 second overview so that, you know, they can reach out to you if they do want to learn more. Yeah. So the scary part to me is basically almost all of our minerals that you'll go to buy at a feed store. And I hate, talking too much about this. I'm not anti-agribusiness. I actually have an ag economics degree from A&M. Um, so, but a lot of our minerals come from China and China laces almost all the minerals with cadmium and other toxins. Uh, so uh, we're always saying you are what you eat eats. And so if they're eating poison, they're feeding us poison. And, and basically that's what it boils down to. And so our mineral program is from a ancient um, seabed deposit that's mined, uh, super clean, perfectly balanced uh, in the minerals. And uh, it just, it's huge in our overall herd health. Uh, we switched to this program probably about four or five years ago. And it's just amazing the visual that we could see in the overall herd health. And we thought we had a good mineral program before that. And mm -hmm. it's like night and day what we have now. That's very interesting. And you're willing to, if, if folks are interested, you're willing to kind of share your secrets on that with them then? Absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's, we, uh, we strive to uh, help anybody that we possibly can. Um, we do cattle tours all the time. Uh, I do a lot of phone calls, kind of a consultation, so to speak, uh, to explain uh, the, the health benefits and all of what we do uh, and why we do what we do. And uh, Perfect. Well, let's talk a little bit about the internet and your website. So I'm going to put you on the spot here with some questions. Okay. What's the average amount of time you think you spend looking at Longhorn websites every week? Yeah, so Susie says too much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she, she says I'm too habitually uh, uh, addicted to it. <laughs> um, I, I surf 
a lot of websites. I do like the Arrowhead Cattle Company website uh, just because of the conglomeration of animals that he's got on there and all the different measurements. And, and, and it's funny. So, yeah, the, the horn measurement is important to us, but it's not number one. Um, our body phenotype is number one to us. Um, and, you know, it's, at some point we're going to get these horns to where too much um, is there. Uh, so we really breed for that Texas twist. That's our preference. Uh, and uh, we, we love that part of it. Um, of course, I do. Uh, I'll look at Dickinson Cattle Company a, a fairly good bit. And I also use Dow Good uh, Longhorns as well, with their, particularly with their um, horn predictor. It just makes it fast and easy for me to, every time we do our measurements, I'll, I'll plug those in and just see how our cattle are progressing. Um, and, and for the most part, um, the cattle will exceed that prediction, but at least it gives us a feel for it. So is Susie just as guilty about looking at longhorns online or no? <laughs> um, she sees them enough in a reality that she'll very yeah. uh, look at the websites. Um, but but she'll look at the magazines, you know. The, she'll look at the Drover and the the TLBAA um, uh, magazine that we get. Um, but but yeah, she um, <laughs> she she's more up close and personal with the cattle themselves. That makes sense. <laughs> uh, so what are? Well, I guess you kind of already answered this. Excuse me, but let's uh, let's see if there's any that you haven't listed yet. Um, what? What are the last three Longhorns or Longhorn websites in your search history? Yeah, those three that I just mentioned. Those three? Be, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, I know Susie's awesome at Instagram, but what's your what's your go-to social media when you want to go see people's posts about Longhorns? Um, for the postings and all, I'll typically go to Facebook just because there are so many different Facebook Longhorn groups. And um, so I, I like looking at those and, uh, and yeah, I need to do a much better job on that on, uh, particularly on posting our animals and, and uh, trying to um, get people to come see us and, and, and buy some breech dog. So let's talk a little bit now about your hired hand website. Um, do you remember how long it's been live for? Yeah, it's been almost five years. I believe we started it in the summer of 18. Uh, and uh, man, we 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 had been wanting to get a website up and going for several years prior to that, and you know, making attempts on different uh, I don't know what you call them, but but different uh, platforms. Yes, different platforms. And again, I'm technologically challenged, so it was not easy. And then, and then also just trying to. Uh, uh, I knew that I wanted something that would display the pedigree, which is one of the really cool things about Hired Hand. Thank you. Uh, tell everyone what your URL is. The URL is trailoffaithranch.com. Easy to remember. I like it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The hard part for me is remember to put the ranch on. I have a tendency of you know, being quick to put in Trail of Faith. Trail of Faith, but trailoffaithranch.com. And also, for those that, that do come to visit us, we are out in the country. 
a lot of times when you put our address in, it may not necessarily bring you directly to us, but we are on Google and you can literally Google Trail of Faith Ranch and it'll bring you right to us. Perfect. So if you had to describe your own hired hand website in three words or less, what would it be? Ease of updating. I like it. Yes. So who, so who updates it? You or Susie? I do. I do. And, and the, the amazing part on that is, is, you know, I'm old enough now that uh, my memory wasn't good when I was young. It's even worse now. And being technologically challenged, um, it's like you can explain to me one time how to do it. But if I don't do it like on a daily basis, I'm not going to remember how to do it. But it is so easy to go in and add pictures, add information uh, to these animals, add animals, you know, take animals off. And, and so it's just that the, the, the ease for that for me is, uh, it's tremendous. I don't, I, you know, I'm not having to constantly call y'all to figure out how to do this. So do you feel like after trying those other platforms, that's what brought you over or was it the pedigree portion you mentioned? Yes. <laughs> Both, huh? All of the above. Yeah. It's just, and then once we, you know, when we made our initial contact with y'all, uh, it was pretty much seamless, um, uh, to be able to put everything together. And then even when we want to, um, you know, change things or, you know, add a tab or whatever, that part has been very easy as well. Uh, so uh, it was just a matter of finding you. And then, uh, you know, once we made that initial contact, the rest of us just downhill and shady. So I think for those who have been listening to our interview, um, this question, the answer will be pretty obvious, but. Tell us a little bit about the considerations you made with your hired hand site in terms of how you wanted to stand out and let folks know the type of program that you're doing. Yeah, so like, like I said, the pedigree uh, was huge um, and, and being able to um, document, um, uh, you know, even like your horn measurements, that kind of stuff was, was very easy. Um, but just the 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 help that we got, like what, you know, how you wanted the background to look and, and different things like that, you know, that, that kind of fit our personality or, or look that we were, we were desiring there, you know, and cost is also another big factor on it. Um, and, and um, uh, we, uh, we, we think the cost is, is, is extremely reasonable. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's, Everything about our higher hand website, we just, we absolutely love it. Well, that's what we like to hear for sure. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else before we wrap up related to internet marketing or your Longhorns that you want to share? I, I was, to us, our, probably our weakest point is the marketing side of it. Um, we, we do really good at grazing and raising animals. Uh, we're, we're just not, uh, you know, we're not like that chicken that cackles when she lays an egg. And that's one of those things that, that we want to try to, to improve on. Um, and, and we are, uh, slowly improving on it. Uh, uh, just trying to get people to, uh, to go to our website, to check it out. And we, we do encourage everybody to reach out to us, contact us, come see us particularly, you know, that's another thing too. Um, that, that you'll find, and I'm sure most people know this, that literally 
pictures do not do an animal justice. Uh, you've really got to see them standing out there in the pasture to really appreciate uh, the animal itself. And uh, so, yeah, and that's another thing that we do encourage is, is, you know, if it's at all possible, man, just come see us. We always, another thing we always say is we'll leave the gate open for you. I like it. Well, I think you guys need to give yourself a little bit more credit because you obviously, if you have a booked Airbnb and you're, you know, you're selling out of your beef and, and you got the rotation or the, what was the type of grazing you said? High, you do? high density grazing. Yes. I mean, yep. you, you obviously got a lot going for you. So give yourself a little more credit on the marketing side. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate that. Well, I really appreciate you joining us today. I uh, will link the your URL and your socials. We'll link those in the show notes so people can go uh, go check out your website. And uh, maybe we can get Susie on for one of these in the future to tell us some more Instagram stories. Yeah, absolutely. She'll entertain you. Perfect. I'd love that. Well, thank you again. <laughs> thank you. <laughs>